0: our goal is to provide you with valuable real estate resources and to help you apply it to your own real estate goals. Welcome to today's episode of the How Did They Do It Real Estate podcast. I'm your host, Eileen Prack. And our guest today is Mark Ritter. And he is the CEO of MBFS and New Direction Lending. He is an expert in all things credit union and small business lending. And so especially in today's current lending environment and real estate and all the talks about interest rate hikes and everything like that, Mark is definitely the person that we want to interview today and share his knowledge about the current environment today. So, Mark, welcome to the show. How are you doing?
1: Doing great. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to connecting with your audience.
0: Mark, can you share more about your background and what your current focus is?
1: Sure. I do almost exclusively commercial real estate and real estate investment financing, along with some small business lending but we do them exclusively through credit unions. I am the CEO of MBFS, And we are a credit union owned company. We're owned by 13 credit unions and work with 90 credit unions all throughout the country to help them put together commercial loan packages so that they could fund them at the credit union. And think of us as basically we bring credit unions together because since they are mainly smaller community institutions, it's much more effective for them to work together to meet real estate financing needs.
0: Can you share for real estate investors, what are the benefits of going through a credit union to obtain financing? Sure. Sure. One thing to
1: remember is 125 million people belong to a credit union. And so most of the listeners who are listening to this show have a credit union, but maybe they just got their auto loan together or their employer offered it as a benefit, and it's where they have their checking account or credit card or things like that. But where better to... Go and talk with them about your real estate financing needs, particularly when you're newer into the business than where you have a relationship and where they know you and you know them. And one of the things to remember is what exactly a credit union is, which when you're driving by your local credit union, they have ATMs and drive throughs and they have car loans and all those things. And they kind of look and you think, oh, that's kind of like a bank. But what it really is, it's a not-for-profit cooperative. So when you say, who owns that credit union? Well, it's the people with accounts there. They elect the board of directors who helps oversee and manage the credit union. So you typically see it on a much more relationship-based program as opposed to, here's my deal, It goes into a box in some mystery hole and outspits a loan, either a yes or no. So you tend to get those conversations and relationships much more than some of the alternative lenders or maybe some of the big bank lenders where it's more of a transaction than a relationship.
0: So, if a real estate investor had come in and was looking to finance at an acquisition, what would the typical process look like in the beginning?
1: Sure. I hate to say it looks like a lot of other people, but it actually does. You know, from a financial side and the numbers, we need the same financial statements and we get the same appraisals and personal financial statements and rent rolls. Typically, most credit unions you're seeing finance at 75 to 80% leverage ratios. And those fixed rates tend to be in the five to seven years, depending on your local marketplace and types of the property. But one of the unique things about federal credit unions in particular is nothing we can do can charge a prepayment penalty. So, which is very advantageous. Sometimes people just tend to look at the terms up front, you know what's my payment, what's my interest rate and not think about the back end. Well, what environment are we are in now? We're in a rising higher rate environment. So, if the rates go back to lower, you can refinance and have the flexibility in your loan where maybe with some other lenders if you have a prepayment penalty, you don't have that flexibility.
0: What kind of loans are available to real estate investors in the commercial real estate space and how are they typically structured with the credit unions?
1: Sure. The great thing about credit unions is the philosophy is really that same across the board. We're trying to help people. There's almost 5,000 credit unions in America today. So like I said, there's a lot of credit unions. Most people, when they're driving home from work today, they probably drove past a credit union. But when you talk about what's available in our industry, we will work with the smallest of the small. Maybe it's your first property and it's a single unit that you're just looking to get done. And, okay, this is more of you're just getting your feet wet. Maybe it's a student housing deal. Maybe you're doing it as a short-term rental. And we can get those done. And then this year, our biggest loan was $38 million. (laughs) So there's a big, big world in between. The nice thing about credit unions is we work together to get the deals done, Credit unions are very strong into multifamily, student housing, investment property, self-storage. We still do, we'll look at a lot of office and retail space where some other lenders are tightening up and even getting into hospitality. It's Hospitality is very, very strong coming out of the pandemic and the right properties are moving forward. The one nice piece in today's market for your listeners is those that are in multifamily. The market has changed. The market is tightening. Rates are going up. And things like discretionary expenses, really, that's where you're starting to see some softening in the economy, in those discretionary items. But people still need a place to live. They still need a place to rent. They need somewhere to go to work. And quite frankly, we look at it as most markets have don't have enough housing in units, and there's very few units coming online. So people who are involved in multifamily units, residential units, when you come to us as a lender, those tend to be the top priorities and the most favorable loans for a lender in today's market. Because they're seen as so strong, even you're already starting to see some of the markets in housing values decline and some other things. But those declines are from extraordinary run ups. So it's not the values are still strong. Units are still strong. And I really think as long as people have jobs, those multifamily units are still a valuable asset and very favorable for your audience.
0: In the lending environment today, we've heard a lot about the Fed just raise the interest rate 75 basis points earlier this month and then sounds like they could potentially raise it a couple more times in the near future from the credit union lending side of things are the loans that they're issuing out is it more tightening within the lending space and what are some of the requirements that lenders and credit unions specifically are looking in the underwriting and that they want the requester to include in their underwriting?
1: Sure. We aren't seeing a massive shift in our underwriting philosophy. To us, good credit is still good credit. We're always going to look at those marketplaces to make sure the marketplace is stable. And that's where working with a credit union really is advantageous because I deal with some people in smaller towns, smaller markets, and sometimes if you're in a big ivory tower credit box, you sometimes discount those local communities that are maybe a little bit out of the way, but those credit unions live and want to lend in those communities. So they're just not looking to lend in the big high rises in the most wealthy neighborhood. Like the credit unions will lend. So we're not seeing massive shifts. The big shift that we're seeing today in the lending market is the liquidity among institutions. And that's where it's important to understand where you're getting your money and ultimately who you're getting your money from, particularly the non-bank and non-credit union lenders. What they're doing many times is borrowing money from somebody whether it's some sort of credit fund where it's private investors and they're relending money to you. That's the most expensive money and the tightest money they're out there is in the industry. Whereas credit unions are lending their own deposits and they can still have some of the lowest credit unions generally will have the lowest cost of funds in the industry. And the easy way to think about it is for every dollar of deposits that you put in your local credit union, they're usually lending out about 90 cents of that. So whereas they're not making massive leverages through Wall Street to continue to lend, they're lending out local deposits and lending them in local and regional projects. So, when you talk about we're coming up on the holiday season and the old small business and buy local and keep your money local, that's the nice thing about a credit union is doing that. The people, local money's going into local projects and it really keeps the cycle going. But in today's market, the liquidity is tightening at every ins- type of institution across the United States. So I don't know about you, but when I fill up my car with gas or go buy bacon at the grocery store or anything at the grocery store, it's a lot more expensive these days. Yep. So so that is really chewing into the borrowing basis of financial institutions. So you really have to, for the first time in a long time, you have to ask that question to your lender, do you have money to lend? And Which seems like a crazy question to ask a bank or credit union, but you really have to dig in and say, are you in the lending market? Do you have money to lend? How much are you lending? Are you limiting it? Are you changing it so you understand who it is? Now, what's nice on working with us is that we work with multiple financial institutions where they work together. So maybe one institution is a little bit tighter today, but we work and syndicate the loan with other credit unions on the back end so that everybody gets the money that they need.
0: We love hosting this show. When we started this podcast, we were doing all the editing and post-production ourselves. Now, we are very excited to have this particular company as a partner of the show to do all the post-production for us because it gives us the freedom to focus on the two things we care about, serving you our listener at a higher level and growing our own multifamily business. If you are like Sayla and me, then you want to add value to others while scaling your business. A podcast is the best way to do both. And we invite you to contact Adam Adams. He can help you launch your podcast, market your show for more listeners and take all the post-production off your plate. So you can focus on your business instead of in it. Listeners of this show can get a free consultation with Adam To schedule your free consultation, find the link in the show notes. How does that typically work and what does that process look like for you?
1: Sure. It's actually since credit unions are cooperative institutions, one of the principles of cooperatives is working with other cooperatives. So you do see much more cooperation working together. Some of my owners are in the same marketplace competing for the same customers, but we all sit down and work together. You don't see that in the commercial bank space. So when we have a transaction and we identify a lender, then we simply put it out to our credit union network on who wants what amount of loans. And it really helps diversify risk and increases the borrowing base. You know, Your average credit union may be only $250 million in assets, which is a pretty small community bank. But when you cluster people together and get them working together, their lending power is many times greater.
0: When working with multiple credit lenders in that capacity there, does that slow down the lending process as you're applying to get financing for a project?
1: No, we have the system pretty well down. And really, when we pull together credit unions on the back end, many times our borrowers don't even know because it's already done before the commitment is issued. So we really have the system quite down. Like any lender The first loan that you get through a credit union is probably going to be your slowest loan because we want to know you, we want you to know us, and it's not so much about this first loan. We want to make sure that where you're going, we can continue to help you down the road, and it's much more of a relationship than simply a transaction you know credit unions historically they have very low fees on deposits they have great rates on your mortgage and auto loan and help with investments so they're not just looking to punch the ticket on one real estate loan they would love to see you build that entire relationship with them
0: what are some of the things that as real estate investors we can set ourselves up for success as we're working with credit unions to ensure that the loan goes through, we're able to close on the property, and the transaction is just smooth overall?
1: I would say the first piece is give yourself plenty of time in the transaction. The number one mistake we see is people being over-aggressive on timelines, and it doesn't have to do with how fast we move. It has to do with how fast appraisers and attorneys and search companies work. And even if you get into the commercial real estate, the environmental searches, it seems like we haven't had many new appraisers come into the industry for a long, long time. And we're searching and have the same list. So it is very, very, that process has really been drawn out as well as just all of the other service providers getting into that. So give yourself plenty of time. If you try to get it in under 30 days, you better have cash on hand to close the deal. Typically, we'll see your everyday average transaction around six weeks for being normal. The other piece is just to help be organized. Understand the deal. If you have a financial person or an accountant, we can talk to and get everything done, go for it. But last but not least, where I see most transactions drag out on time is if there's problems, if there's a little hair on the deal, if there's some issues, just be honest and upfront from the very get-go. Maybe there's a partner who has some issues of if it's a multi-partner deal, Maybe there's a title issue with the property or there's something screwy going on in the sales agreement where there's a divorce or a lawsuit coming on the other end. Just be open and honest because it's much, much easier to deal with it on the front end than you're getting a few days before settlement and now we find out. If there's a problem with the transaction, trust me, 99% of the time it always comes out.
0: Where do you see the lending environment heading towards, especially in the upcoming months and over the maybe the next year or so?
1: Sure. One piece is that at some point, you know, rates are going to flatten out. When will that be? It might be next summer. It might be next spring. There could be other global events that put in there. So we really see the margins tightening On real estate property. There's only so much you can keep raising rents before people say, I can't do that anymore. There has to be the income there to do it. Now, one of the pieces where people have been fortunate is that wages have been rising the last few years, but costs have been rising just with it. So we really think margins are going and the cash flow coverage ratios will be tightening much, much more. The other piece that we get concerned about is operating expenses on a property, whether it be heat, utilities, taxes, if you have to redo a parking lot, if you have to redo a roof. First of all, do you have the sources to do that? And second of all, we don't know of a single project that has come in under budget within the past year. So the operating expenses we see really driving up and is a concern for us to that, where you can manage that and have the room in your project to make some money on it.
0: Do you see the lender requirements changing anytime soon as well? In our
1: credit union world, I don't see that. In the commercial bank world, we are already seeing it where people are tightening up in marketplaces, the terms and conditions are getting loose, are getting tighter. But in the credit union world that I live in, we tend to be very consistent because, one, you know, since we're a not-for-profit cooperative, we're not managing towards an earnings per share number in the next quarter. We're not looking to sell the institution, prep it for sale. We're not looking to flip it and look at for the short term. It's really for the long term, for the local community, which I don't know about you, but I think a lot of people like that philosophy. When you talk about who do you, everybody always says, oh, geez, I like a lender I can talk to. I like a lender who have that relationship. That's why I like being in the credit union space. And I've done it for 20 years now is because we are that philosophy.
0: And Mark, is there anything else that you're seeing in the current environment that we should be aware of or that we should prepare for as real estate investors?
1: Yeah, we always monitor the regulatory environment, the interest rate environment, and more importantly, the employment environment. Now, in recent times, we have actually, in the last pandemic times, we've actually watched a lot more demographic information. I live in Pennsylvania, and we have a joke that U-Hauls only go one way. You know, they go from you know, Penn, they go from New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania. They drive south to Florida, and sometimes in some areas on the West Coast, all the U-Hauls go for to Boise, Idaho, or Montana, or wherever they go. So, for the first time, we're really seeing shifts, and we have to watch to see how much is that going to stabilize. People need a house. People need a place to live. People need an apartment building. We think work from home has stabilized. So we think it'll be stabilized. So we're not really seeing a lot of value in these brand new ground up constructions just because they're so expensive and there's so much cost uncertainty around it. So, really, those existing units we think are going to be valuable. We think they're going to be steady. We're going to be reliable but you really have to watch your costs. You have to watch your local economy and make sure you can get those units full.
0: Awesome. Mark, where can our listeners find out more about what you're doing in this space?
1: Sure. The easiest way is my personal website, Mark Ritter, dot com. I'm also very active on LinkedIn and we have credit unions all over the country. And if somebody connects with us and we don't have a credit union in that area, we like to connect you with other companies like us or local institutions that are lending for real estate projects.
0: Awesome, Mark. Well, thank you so much for all of your time and your knowledge today. really appreciate it
1: appreciated it thank you
0: and thank you for listening to our podcast today brought to you by bonavest capital we would really appreciate it if you can go to itunes right now and leave a rating and written review also please don't forget to subscribe so you can always get the latest episodes you can also connect with us on facebook how did they do it real estate we'd love to hear your feedback and any topics that you're interested in for future episodes Lastly, to learn more about us, you can go to bonavestcapital.com and fill out the contact us page so you can speak to us directly. Nothing on the show should be considered as specific personal advice. Please consult your legal, tax, and real estate professionals for individualized advice.